The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. In doing what I do, once in a while, a scheduled guest misses an interview for multiple reasons. Personal, health, they change their mind at the last minute, etc. You can fill in the blanks. That is what happened today with our scheduled interview. I've mentioned to you that in the rare event that this occurs, I will try to find a replacement where I will have to air an encore interview. Well, I was able to find a last-minute replacement. He's someone you may or may not know. His four-hour interview in a major nationwide platform caused the termination of one popular radio host at that platform. So I decided to bring him over to talk about his life, his accomplishments, and to have an all-encompassing conversation about the deep state. Many of you have also asked me to conduct a show with only me, where I can discuss a lot of what's on my mind. I prefer to have someone with me while doing that, just to have a conversation. And that's what we'll do today. Stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, MMS, CBD pure hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Stephen Miller has studied law for over 30 years and acts as private attorney general for the public interest. He is an expert of law and using law to benefit and remedy the public's interest and make changes. Stephen also writes material for PANDA, People Against the National Defense Authorization Act, He served the U.S. Army and received an honorable medical discharge when he was chemically poisoned and almost died of pneumonia at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Stephen is also known worldwide as Maestro Stephen J. Miller, opera tenor and guitar virtuoso. He set a world record live on TV for the longest human vocal notes and most powerful operatic voice, still unbeaten. Through his involvement... As private attorney general for the public, most states have now quashed the indefinite detention clause, which allowed the military to arrest anyone without cause or warrant. And directly from Placerville, California, I would like to introduce for the first time on Veritas, Stephen Miller. Hello, Stephen, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Good, Mel. I'm a longtime listener, first time on your show, and it's nice to hear your voice. First time, yep. long time listener, first time caller, like they say on other yeah. shows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, yeah, what a wild thing about 
Jeffrey McAbee, huh? Joe McAfee, I was just telling Stephen before we began that uh, earlier today I received information that Joe McAfee has died in a uh, Barcelona, Spain prison. Uh, He was there for a few months awaiting extradition to the United States. Apparently the order to extradite just came in. And there is some information that he stated uh, maybe hours ago, if not uh, days ago, that he received a... uh, Notification from someone in the U.S. Uh, government stating that they were ready to go after him. In fact, let me just find it here because this is just hot, hot up the press. Uh, he said, getting subtle messages from U.S. officials saying, in effect, we are coming for you, McAfee. We're going to kill yourself. And he said, I got a tattoo today just in case if I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. Check my right arm, and he had a tattoo with a dollar sign and whacked. And what did we get today? That allegedly he hanged himself in a prison cell a la Epstein. So before I go into your bio, because people may be wondering who you are, I want to play this two-minute clip from John McAfee recorded some time ago so that, folks, if you're not familiar with John McAfee, a very colorful character, this is what he had to say about the deep state listen cool the deep state is a conspiracy theory of of uh it's defined as the people within the u.s government and military who are in secret control of government policy (laughs) secret (laughs) please people the deep state is those people within the U.S. government that are career employees that cannot be fired by people that we elect by the Congress or the President. Um, there are the FCC, the, uh, the CIA, the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, the IRS. Are these people in control? Can they enact laws? Yes, they're called regulations for every law that Congress passes, and we elect Congress to pass our laws, there are 20 regulations enacted by federal agencies that have far more impact on our lives than anything Congress can possibly pass. Uh, Is there a deep state? Yes. Uh, Can we fire these people? No. Can presidents fire them? No. (laughs) It's designed that way so that political parties and political interests cannot affect the deep state. Do you understand the nightmare of our situation, people? (laughs) I'm sorry. It's not secret. It's as open as anything could be. In the past, since 1975... 200,000 regulations have been passed by our federal agencies, uh, encompassing 800,000 pages of fine print uh, people. It is no secret. It is as open as it can be. The deep state does control America. Wake up, people, please. God, use some common sense. Thank you. Before we discuss McAfee, for those who don't know who you are, Stephen, who is Stephen Miller 
and why do we have you here today? Uh, it's it's a it's a long story. I'll start. Uh, I'll just give you a, a, a run rundown on uh, the simple things. I I got in trouble with the IRS in the early '90s, and that led me led me to study law. So I literally became an expert. I mean, that's all I did was sit on my Ocala horse farm in Florida and study law and the air conditioning. And uh, uh, I'd been uh, almost killed. I fell off a barn 14 feet. So I had months and months to to get into this study. And uh, and it just once I started, I couldn't quit. I discovered Jordan Maxwell. I discovered uh, David Icke. I discovered all these different types of uh, truth paradigms, you know, that it all touched different areas and I just never could let go. And I, and I still don't, I'm on, I'm on the internet, sadly, <laughs> several hours a day studying and researching, you know, how to uh, help people in court with uh, the government and the COVID lockdowns and all this unconstitutional, totally, this is a total crime against humanity, humanity, a war crime, uh, violates Geneva convention three violates the Hague as far as the, the alleged vaccine Oh man, Mel, you know, we can go on and on, but so that, that got me studying like crazy. And the meanwhile, I was always playing my guitar. That's how I made a part-time living in heavy metal in the eighties and nineties. And I started doing more gospel in the nineties and, uh, I never quit my studies and, but that got me on coast to coast AM radio, my music and my study of music and singing the longest, uh, human vocal note. Uh, there's a few longer, but they're not full operatic voice. They're just like falsetto kind of thing, you know? So, uh, so that, that got me on coast to coast with Dan Johnson. I brought him on too. uh, that's, that was Ron Paul's public speaker in 2012. And I went on there addressing the national defense authorization act, um, going after Obama who said, well, I'm going to reverse the George uh, Bush era policies and spying on you guys. And I'm going to redact all this stuff out of the Patriot Act and out of the Military Commissions Act. And, you know, every piece of legislation there was, basically, he was going to go through it. And he never did. In fact, he ramped up uh, the uh, the Indefinite Detention Act. And that's why I was on the radio. So the Indefinite Detention, uh, I'm sorry, clause uh, of of what act was I talking about, Mel? I got them all wound up in my head. Are you talking about the National uh, Defense Authorization yeah, Act? Defense Authorization Act, yep. So uh, as far as I know, most states have quashed the indefinite detention clause uh, because of that show. So, And Dan was going at it full steam on the East Coast, and I was on the West Coast helping people uh, with, you know, people don't understand their rights, Mel. And they don't understand, you know, what the how the courts function and what they're really about. And uh, that's what I give them the basis and foundation on. And they have to, you know, you have you have to learn for yourself. I can't go into court with anybody. Uh, I mean, I could file for entry of appearance. They'd probably let me. Uh, they have before, but I, I don't choose to because that deems whoever I'm with as incompetent. And you're right back to square one. You've got to handle these things on your own as a competent living man or woman of the age of majority and that's the big problem we're having in our country mill but what happens when somebody represents his or herself in court why is this that why is it that if someone has read the law 
learned the law. I mean, so many people that I've interviewed, a few of them, one of them comes to mind, uh, Craig from Ecuador, who was uh, indefinitely detained and in prison, in federal prison, for manufacturing a cream that uh, cured skin's cancer, skin, uh, skin cancer. And it was purely legal in the 80s, but uh, then the Clintons came along, and uh, they frowned upon that, and they sent their goons, the laboratory destroyed, and uh, it was either he pleaded guilty, or they were going to take his wife and put her in jail, and their, at the time, 15 or 14-year-old son would have been placed in uh, foster care uh, with the state. So he decided to plead guilty to save the family. And in examples like that, and then he moved to Ecuador, and he was extraordinarily renditioned from Ecuador back to the United States on an American Airlines flight against the sovereign laws of Ecuador, spent another few years there, and now he's back there. Just an example of some of the things that people do in the United States. Do attorneys even know what they're doing? Uh, Stephen, do well, they, when you have, when you pass the bar, the British, British acquired registry, do they even know what they're doing? And do judges, judges really know the law or are they just a bunch of masons, you know, doing the secret handshake all day long? Yep. Yeah. You nailed that on the head since 1863, all the common law courts, uh, if you go back in history, you'll see they dissolved all the, all the real judges, common law judges. That, that took us uh, an assized jury uh, from the U.S. Marshal and, and then issued main prize bail. All that stopped in 1863, and they incorporated with the Supreme Court. Okay, so you can watch them. They're, they're purposely, this is, a, this is a conspiracy laid out in the law. You can see exactly what they're doing, just like years before the creature of Jekyll Island, uh, <clears throat> the Fed Reserve Act, Years before, they, they had all these other acts laid out, all ready to go, you know what I mean? So they knew years in advance they were going to do this takeover, you know, with the international banks. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, the sad thing is, with your friend down there in Ecuador, and, uh, and, and unless you learn this stuff yourself, because it doesn't work to call people, and, and it, oh, you asked me if attorneys were competent. No, they're not competent in, in anything but banking law. And uh, the judges aren't judges. They're banking administrators. They're not judges. There hasn't been a judge since 1863, uh, roughly. So they're banking administrators. They don't like to hear that, though. So if you go into the courtroom and they call your all, you know, artifice name, all capital letters, artifice, uh, like Mill, Hostel, Rich, and you stand up, okay, you have to say I'm here for that matter. I never authorized the name you called out to be used in commerce with the corporate state of California. Is there a verified claim? Do you have me in the right court? Is this a foreign sovereign immunities court? So you have to know what to say to shut them down on hog time. And what I just said, uh, uh, that hog ties them because they're a foreign sovereign immunities court. Every one of these people are United Nations nationals, okay? I can, I can uh, email you all the code on this. I think it's Title Eight. And their oath is supposed to be under Title One, One Hundred One, under their uh, federal oath, and none of them have one. Not a single person has a federal oath because they're all foreign agents. And so when they swore an oath to the Constitution, they 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 uh, they relinquished their citizenship and became foreign agents for the United Nations. And that's written in the law. Most of the police, uh, the higher ups, are aware of it. 
But the ones they hire, they don't tell the deputies all this stuff, you know. So the deputy is just a nice kid, you know, maybe he wants to do a good job and protect people. And he doesn't know he's working for the the, the devil, you know. So uh, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, people are figuring it out, though. In California, uh, especially, people are much more active uh, than I've ever seen them. Uh, so they're not going along with the, the agenda uh, anymore. So they're starting to shut it all down. Of course, now they're throwing variants variants in there you know and now they're acting like well as long as you're vaccinated for the for the the original covid19 and then you should be good for the variant Come no on. hold the hold it you're getting ahead you're getting ahead with the delta variants and okay. there's the delta plus variants yeah. and i want to yeah. i want to discuss this afterwards but you know we're going okay. Okay. we want to stay i want to go all the way back to 9-11 and oh, then yeah. move our way up to 2021 with the COVID-1984 pandemic. Let's go to 9-11. What is your take on what happened there? This is going to be the 20th anniversary coming up very soon. We'll have Dr. Judy Wood back in the show to discuss her perspective. What do you think of 9-11 and how the United States and the world have de-evolved ever since that event happened? Yeah, they traumatized the heck out of everybody. And, and, and they, nobody wanted to look behind the curtain, but everybody could tell that the conspiracy people on the streets holding the giant placards were probably closer to the truth than 19 uh, guys with box cutters, right? And I'm a, I'm an amateur pilot. I, I never got my license, but I flew with my uncle a lot and stuff. But I, I know a lot about airframe structure and what airplanes can and cannot do. And what they showed on TV that morning never happened. Uh, so no airplanes hit anything. Uh, it was all some kind of CGI, you know, masking probably over a J dam or some kind of a, a cruise missile. Some of the cruise missiles do have a wingspan of over a hundred feet. So who knows? Uh, they could mask over that, but you know, it, I, I, I followed the United States army war college finding, uh, and they found it was Saudi Arabia funded it. Uh, Israel planned it out and Herbert Walker Bush was behind it. That's what the U.S. Army War College, Dr. Alan Sabrowski, uh, professor, uh, retired Marine at U.S. Army War College. Uh, after years of studying and following the put options and all the money, and of course they know, thanks to Dr. Judy Wood, and you know that, that makes sense. The giant hurricane right off the coast of Manhattan that morning, that's the only way these weapons can function. Because they pull their energy off of that hurricane and they can just vaporize. Literally, Russia said they can vaporize an entire city. And they, uh, they just turn it to dust, scalar weapon. And, uh, and that's very frightening because that proves they do have that technology. And Dr. Judy Wood, what a hero that is, you know. <laughs> and the, the, the judge said, do you have a suicide wish, ma'am? She won in federal court. You know, she proved uh, what companies have these weapons. So one of them did it. And she won. So she's got a decision on it that how are you going to make them pay? Nobody ever goes to jail except for us, Mel. And it's not <laughs> the only. In 9-11, I don't think was the, the only incident or only example of the display of that technology. And I'm not going to talk too much about this because this is what caused us to, to be heavily censored a year or two ago. This is what opened the gates of censorship for us, but it had something to do with something that happened in 1995. Uh, OKC, 
are the initials yeah. and uh, the reasoning for that happening. But I truly believe that that technology was used there too as well. And during part two, I'll tell you again to remind people uh, what interview I did with someone who told me why that happened. And the reason it was a multi-billion dollar lawsuit that was heading our way. But uh, let me stop there before I get even hotter on my seat than I yeah. should. <laughs> but when it comes to, to 9-11, obviously, the Hydra grew plenty then. And it hasn't stopped. It has continued to grow. And the problem is that most people, just like what we're seeing right now, those who are complacent are complicit. Because they don't say anything. They just, let me wear my mask, let me stay at home, let me just virtue signal and let the rest of the people follow suit or just be deleted from society. And then we'll, we're going right. to discuss the chimeras and, and, and everything that we're going to discuss today is connected. Yes, I don't Transhumanism I don't seems to be far out there, yeah. but it's all connected to this. Yeah. But you spent how many hours on Coast to Coast? And am I right? And I'm not going to name names. But did you cause yeah. one of their very popular hosts to be let go from Coast to Coast? Yes. And uh, yeah, because I guess I said stuff I wasn't supposed to say and he should have cut me off. And instead, he had me stay for two more hours at like two in the morning. <laughs> So I stayed on until 4 a.m. And I just released everything I, I can think of in my you know, many years of study. Uh, I worked for Jordan Maxwell for a little while. I booked him on a lot of shows. And I've, so I've always been an activist in getting the truth out. I booked Sheriff Richard Mack on a, a lot of shows. I worked for him. and I was like their chief law teacher guy for a couple of years back in 2014. 15 and 16, uh, I was teaching the constitutional sheriffs and peace officers, you know, law, you know, and all the codes they're violating. I mean, the federal, you know, so, uh, so I got to know a lot of our sheriffs are decent people and, you know, they can't just go arrest, you know, the governor for the mask, uh, mandate or for, or for anything. That's the problem. You have child abduction, you know, off the charts, uh, all over the West coast. Well, and they, they know a lot of the high, high, high political people are involved in this, probably overseas as well. They can't arrest them because then they'll be killed, you know? So it's, it's a really, it's so sickening. It makes you feel helpless in your stomach and knots because everybody's got their hands tied. And most all the sheriffs in this country took federal funding. So in doing so, they have contractual agreements. They can't say no the federal government they'll, they'll send in a SWAT team so it's it's really uh, the federal government which is the declared enemy of the people in the Lieber code and it was drafted under Abraham Lincoln general orders 100 that's the law of war that all the police are still under and all the military is still under and they admit in the law of war that they're the occupying enemy of the American people they're the occupying military force on the terra firma known as America Okay, and the United States of America really was getting incorporated, right? So uh, it, it was it was getting less and less organic by the 1870s, uh, 1871 Organic DC Act, and stuff like that. Put it into writing, and of course, then they come right along with the 14th Amendment, and on and on and on. I mean, one piece of fraud after another to destroy our rights, 
and gave us the 14th Amendment and brushed the brushed the uh, Third Amendment under the 13th Amendment under the under the rug against titles of nobility. So that's why the world's a mess. Titles of nobility and people with 10 pedigrees on the wall that can't even change their own tire or really are worthless people outside of their pedigrees, you know. Well, titles on nobility yeah. should be outlawed. They should be outlawed in the United States if you are in government. Am I right on that? Yeah, because um, we talked about attorneys for a minute. The, all the attorneys, as you know, work for the bar, British Accredited Registry. Okay. And they're all esquires. So they're all communists one step under knighthood. So you can see our enemies are in every town, every court. There's, there's the Communist Party right there in your own town. And it's running the police force for the most part. Even the Republican right wing. Well, okay. you said about the police. You said that they get federal funding. I think that has been happening for a long time. But it was very prevalent. And correct me if I'm wrong. Was it during the Bush Jr. time? And then it progressed with Obama. And then I remember the transition of a lot of these, I don't want to say Andy of Mayberry kind of a, you know, local policeman. All of a sudden you start seeing all these cars being painted, repainted from blue and white to, to almost black. And, and yeah. the, their uniforms and the SWAT yeah. teams, they look more like Terminators. It's almost like they wanted, yeah. they wanted a federalized police force. I mean, these alleged yeah. sovereign states are behaving more like federal districts. No, none of them are sovereign. They, that's how you win in this court, in, in these small courts in your county. Uh, you say, did you accept federal funding? Yes or no? Because if the answer is yes, you're disqualified. Okay? So any judgment you make against me will be void ab initio, nunc pro tunc. You can't, you accept federal funding, you have a Article 1, uh, I mean, you have a, 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 an oath under Title 1, 101, United States Code, Federal Law. No, okay, well, we'll reschedule this, and then they'll leave you alone. But you've got to know these little secrets. And uh, these people are, none of them are, are, are uh, legitimate, not a single one. If they're working for the government, they're working for the United Nations, they're foreign agents, it's written within the law. And uh, and once people really learn that, it's going to anger them, finally. Is uh, it true that yeah. now when you go to certain radio programs, large outfits, you know, with a national audience, that they actually give you certain forms to fill out where you agree not to discuss certain things, don't talk about President Obama, don't talk about the, the birth certificate, don't talk about this and talk about that. And allegedly these shows are very... For truth and and no censorship, but behind the scenes is the opposite. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, it's it's totally true. I did a lot of shows on the East Coast, in South Carolina, and I won't mention any names, but pretty they're pretty big shows. But they're they're all. I was the only truthful guest the guy has on his show, and then he cut me off and erased all the shows we did for many years together. So it, this narcissism is it's replete throughout the truth movement, narcissism and psychopathy, uh, it, it draws the attention of those sorts of characters because they like the attention, but they really don't mean, you know, it's phony altruism. It's all phony. Everything they do is phony. You know I mean? So like well, his excuse is, well, we got a radio platform. We don't want to offend anybody. Well, 
soon as you go, then you don't want to offend anybody. Then you're no longer the radio station you used to be. You know, because other other entities on the same show, they back in the day. I love Art Bell. You know, he 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 got to the bottom of stuff. You know, in the eighties and, and the, I mean the nineties and two thousands. And um, yeah, and I, it's hard to yeah they they want you to sign a a no compete saying well we don't like talking about our government in this time they'll give you an excuse to the time of war or and because of political situations and strife we we try to avoid any talk about the government that would be negative and. You know, it's just, you know, I didn't even sign it. I actually had Dan sign it because I didn't have a fax machine. <laughs> I said, well, can you fa- fax it to Dan? And and he'll sign it, uh, you know, uh, for me, you know. Oh, oh that, that that's fine. As long as somebody signed it. I said, oh, good. <laughs> I didn't want to sign it. If I read it, then I'll feel guilty. Said, and by the way, Dan? He goes, I don't like to talk about uh, third parties. I don't like to talk about them. I mean, I love but it. I think... That that of course they're they're owned by Clear Channel. If you look at Clear Channel, and this is why I love what I do, because it, how many forms did I make you sign? How many forms did I send you, Stephen? None. <laughs> None, right? And I would never do that to anyone. If you want to come here and tell the truth, I always wanted to have a very test oath, but I don't do it anymore. I want every single guest to recite that oath and just say that everything you're saying is the truth. But, you know, I've been doing this you know, right. 500 plus times to realize that some of the people that come here don't have our best interest at hand, but they serve a purpose for the establishment. And we have to discern who they are. Obviously, no naming names here. But Art Bell, he's passed on. And again, I don't want to discuss anything negative about Art Bell. But I find it interesting, certain things in his past, when 9-11 happened, Instead of being a truth seeker and saying, let me step back and see the evidence, just like Dr. Judy Wood did with her there's dissertation of that incredible book, Where Did the Towers Go? But immediately after, when the government the next day said it was Osama bin Laden, which was something that William Cooper had predicted would happen in June of that same year, watch it, they're going to accuse Osama bin Laden. And that's exactly what they did. And what did our bell do next day? I have a knife with blood in my mouth right now. I'm, I want to go after him. He was repeating the narrative. The government went after all the big outfits and said, all right, guys, you have an assignment. You have a mission. Take the mission and run with it. I would never do that, but others did. Yeah, you're, you're right. And you're exactly right. So many, because they're fear, afraid. You know, he has children and a wife. And uh, I can understand some men aren't, when it comes to push comes to shove, they're too fearful to really stand up for what they believe in. You know, it's, it, and it really is a painful, I mean, I've lost everything though. You know, I mean, uh, they attack you, they, wherever you live, they attack the people around you. Uh, you know, they mess with their minds and stuff, uh, directed energy or whatever, uh, they're, uh, uh, targeted. So people are being told in their dreams, Hey Foxy, there's my little Fox. She's, she was walking up looking for something to eat. It, uh, yeah, they they can actually they used it on me once voice to skull technology, and um, it, it, I went through that story on coast years ago that uh, I was in a lake uh, sitting in a little chair fishing, and to cut a long story short, I just sold some technology off grid technology to a military contractor uh, whose father works there at the Wordsmith Air Force Base, and. Uh, 
I got viciously attacked by a motorcycle gang that tried to strangle me to death. I survived that. I went out to the lake just to get away from what just happened. And uh, I was fishing and had my dog, and they zapped me. They literally zapped me like the lake acted like a parabolic dish. But all of a sudden, I couldn't get air in my lungs. And, and I noticed my dog was up on the shore digging underneath the minivan. I crawled to shore. Luckily, it was pretty shallow and barely got in the minivan, uh, you know, where I could lay back and get air into my lungs. And finally, I got underneath the car and pulled my dog out. It zapped her, too. So her tongue was all splayed out and her eyes were all dilated. And she died about uh, a few months later. She she held on pretty good. But whatever they zapped us with, uh, it blew out my heart valve. I mean, it, where it was malfunctioning. And the doctor said, well, get the heck away from whatever you're doing, all the stress. We're going to have to replace it because I want to replace it. I said, well, I'd rather you didn't know. Because if it fails, you're dead right now. I said, okay, well, I'll take that chance. So I went to Florida for a few months, and it healed on its own. And uh, that's that. I was uh, visited down in Florida in this little rental uh, in Hernando, Florida. And uh, I don't know what it was. It was a it was a ball of light. It was I was sleeping on the back porch, and I remember this ball of light landing down in the garden, and me being attracted to it. And I went into this thing and there was these tiny little people that look like they're hundreds of years old and they're like three feet tall, all shriveled up. And then they had some little tiny babies that were like half again as big. And I, I don't know why all that happened. And I, when I came to, my watch was out on the grass. So I, maybe they didn't like my watch when I walked in this light room, let me describe it. So I've had things like this happen in my life uh, periodically. One event that I went through that I went through on Coast to Coast AM when I was 11 years old, uh, I got to board a UFO and it was a woman, you know, flying the darn thing. And uh, I seen her get off of it out in a field where I was a Boy Scout near the Boy Scout camp. And I ran over there and she's walking toward me, crawled out underneath this thing and look, looks like a little uh, elevator. And uh, I said, let me, can, can I see your spacecraft? I, you know, that's what it looked like to me. And she goes, no, we don't let anybody see. That's called a transport. She goes, nobody's really allowed to go in there or see it. And But she was interested in me. She was walking toward me. So I walked underneath the barbed wire. And uh, she goes, okay, just for a minute. And I followed her back, and I got on this thing. And that's where I seen the two gray aliens, for lack of better terminology, that literally scared me to death. And I, we were upstairs in this UFO. And I grabbed the, that lady by the back of her pants. It was like a blue uniform. And I dragged her down these stairs. Uh, I was a little kid, but it scared me that bad. And, and she was, okay, calm down, calm down. And she got me off of there and I went running, you know, and uh, but she knew my name and everything. That whole situation, um, I'm pretty sure I met her again years later as a slightly older woman in Indiana. Uh, that, 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 uh, this is real stuff, Mel. People don't want to believe it because it's frightening, but it's re- it's very real. And uh, this woman was she from here? Was she from somewhere else? No, she she was a uh, Air Force, from what I could tell. I mean, she had a little insignia on a blue, like skin tight uniform, and uh, she had real short hair, real pretty. I remember what she smelled like, like baby shampoo, like kind of like ionized metal or something. I remember that from the rest of my life. And I remember us walking upstairs once the elevator stopped and I was behind her. 
And when I looked around her at the top of the stairs, I seen those two bulbous headed things staring at me. <laughs> so wait, like, you're, you're saying Air Force, that. you're saying Air Force. Are you saying that? And what year was this? Uh, I'd be 74, 75 uh, in Camp Lake, Wisconsin. All right. So you do you think that we've had Lake. we've had a secret space program for a long time uh, or a secret military program? And this is part of it. Well, I think our military works for the 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 the, the Anunnaki called them the IGG IGG. I think our military works for them. I don't think they work for us. I think she was part of an intern program or something. And the lower deck of this thing had three computer screens. And one big one in the middle and a bigger chair, I guess, is where she sat. And then two little plastic molded chairs. That's what it looks like in there, molded plastic. And the stairs look molded plastic going up to the top level. where The two little guys were sitting at two screens on two little chairs. And uh, that's, that's the most bizarre it's so like Disney World in there because the the screens one the center one had a map of the United States, and then the ones on the left and right had all this code going in different colors and and this when I was a kid you know it's like wow you know they have high tech stuff on here you know I would have a black and white TV you know but uh yeah so I have a microchip in my arm my mom had one in her elbow we don't know who put them there so this is multi generational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my my mom had these visitors come in her bedroom. And this is when I was 12. Shortly after that event, when I was on vacation in uh, Camp Lake, Wisconsin, that's where we go to Boy Scout vacation. And uh, she said, in the middle of the night, seven beans walked in her bedroom. And she was, I, I wasn't asleep, thank God. Dad was awake. I was asleep. And then Dad crushed my hand and said, pray, pray, pray. And so I peeked my eyes open as I started praying, and, and we're surrounded by these seven hooded beings, and their heads are almost touching the ceiling. And I just kept praying, and I kept looking. They were still there, and I looked again, and they were slowly walking out, single file. This is a big house we lived in in Chicago. So I don't know what that was all about, but I had a lot of really scary experiences in that house. And I was glad when we finally moved out. But, so, yeah, it runs in my family. Uh, uh, it's It's really... You know, really bizarre. Did you I, I'm ever O negative, but so was my mom. What's that? Oh, did you say O negative? Yeah. Did uh, you, so was my mom. Did yeah. you ever try to find out through the likes of, you know, people who can diagnose what that piece of metal was? Yeah, well, the doctor said it does look like a uh, a, a microchip. He goes, but it's, it's not bothering you. It's... I'm afraid if I cut into it where it's at, it's going to cause damage to the nerves. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be really painful. I said, okay, just leave it there. And uh, he, he goes, you can almost see where they put it in, too, right there. You, this like is a, a normal needle. doctor? A normal doctor told you that? That it's a microchip? What was his response? Well, he reacted with his finger. And he goes, yeah, that I don't see what else that can be. I mean, it's right under the subcutaneous level of skin. Did you ever shove anything in there and break it off? I said, no. Uh, oh, I'd remember that. You can see, I can show you every scar on my hand and my arm and tell you what it's from. Uh, this had, But this definitely has a little area. It looks like an, uh, where a large needle poked in. And it's still there. It's right underneath. Like if you lay your hand down flat on a table, it's up about one foot on my forearm. 
right in the center. So that that's that's bizarre. And uh, I I I do you see a lot of sevens and elevens, Mel, or is that just me or? Are people <laughs> no, that's, calling you about that? No, of course, uh, 11s, a lot of 11s. How many times people, you're looking at your, you know, you look at your computer and it's 11, 11 or 111 or or 711, yeah. but 11 is all, all over the place. It's the people that have told me that that's, it's a signal for you to pay attention. Some Something's trying to communicate with you. It's a synchronicity. But speaking of the implant again, let's not stop here yet. Uh, Dr. Oh. Roger Lear. Did you see people like Dr. Roger Lear? Because if this doctor told you this might be a microchip, what was his reaction if he's saying a microchip? How and why did that get inside oh, of you? He's saying it was the military. He said, well, you were in the military, weren't you? I said, yeah. He goes, well, you know, were you ever unconscious? <laughs> I said, yeah, because I, I nearly died, you know. He goes, well, it might have been them. Tell me about you your know, military you know, experience. What branch and what did you do? Uh, Delta, 2nd Battalion, 3rd Platoon. Uh, I was in Fort Leonard with Missouri, and they when they gassed us, the mixture was wrong, and we got really sick. A lot of us, like myself, almost died. Ended up spending almost two weeks in the hospital. We had to retrain. And uh, so I, I worked at the Weapons and Mass Destruction Unit for, uh, that, that's Fort Leonard with Missouri. And, uh, and then I went home on leave, and and took my leave and uh, I was engaged to be married 1983 and uh, went back to Fort Sill, Oklahoma and had, they got my physical up there and they didn't want me. So they gave me an honorable medical discharge. I said, man, how did you get through boot camp? And you graduated like really high up, you know, uh, numbers. How, how did you do it with your feet the way they are? And you got some other health issues. And I said, I, I don't know. I, I thought I was pretty good. He goes, yeah, but, your feet, there's no way we can keep you. We can give you a desk job. I said, no, I'm not taking a bloody desk job. <laughs> you know, I can do that at home as a civilian. So I got an honorable medical. But, uh, yeah, that they're, they poisoned a lot of us. They gave me eight, eight vaccines, four in each arm. And I know that made that as part of me being sick. And, um, and then we all got pneumonia, not all of us. There was over 500 uh, we were training with and there was a bunch of them that disappeared, you know, so some of them permanently, I never seen them again. So I don't know what happened to them. Uh, yeah, they, they poisoned the heck out of our women and men in the military. And, uh, it's just me. I'm old fashioned. I don't believe in women being in the military. Uh, that's just me. I think that's some, that's some men's job, you know, to protect everybody, you know, so, this is a, you know, this is just, a very controver controversial topic right now because, as you know, the new administration, not only do they want women going to combat, but I don't know if you saw the, the pictures of the new uniforms for pregnant women in combat. Oh, just, no. just digest this for a moment, folks. And again, I think women have the right to be in the military. Do I want them right there in the front lines? I'm going to reserve my opinion on this because it's going to make some people mad. Uh, I think that uh, women have their purpose. They can withstand more pain than men. I mean, if you, if you had a man who had to give birth, we wouldn't be able to do it. But at the same right. time, it's just like the Olympics or sports. You cannot put a, a woman uh, to compete with certain men in certain sports 
uh, weightlifting as an example, or, or, or boxing or wrestling. We've right. seen what's right. been happening lately with all these transgenders that join the women's teams and all of a sudden the, 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 the person on the other side gets their skull fractured because the quote-unquote woman fought them. Yeah. I don't agree with that. But yeah. having a pregnant woman... Name is, uh, I'm not going to say any names, but the one transgender, she's been around a while. And she's a world champion woman tennis player. <laughs> and she's a yes. man. I mean, that's, that's, that's a crime. It's a crime, you know. Probably Wait a second. No what, I thought you were talking about uh, Caitlyn Jenner, but uh, I thought you were going to talk about the, the, uh, you know, uh, everything that that he or she did in the eighties, you know, in the seventies, you know, an incredible sport. But who are you discussing now? I'm sorry. Who are you referring yeah, to? The transgender uh, tennis players that are men, and the, and they're world champions in women's tennis, and that's that's criminal. Uh, you know. Well, I haven't seen that. So. Did you, I haven't seen that. Is that happening? Yeah, that uh, it's proven that, that this woman is actually a man. Oh, and, uh, wait a second. Are you talking black, about the sisters? Yeah. Oh, really? So you think that she's a woman? She's a man. Yeah, the other one's a man. Their brother and sister. Hmm. So, that I did not uh, know. To me, that's criminal. And now, now that I now when I watch, I can tell the difference, Mel, because I know the. I studied the wider shoulders, right? The man's shoulders are always several inches wider, and the hips are narrow, I mean narrower, okay? So when you compare these two to the sister and brother, you can see the brother's got a massive upper body and smaller hips, and the sister has big, wide, child-bearing hips and, and uh, narrower shoulders. So now it's just obvious to me. I can spot them. I would say that so the law should be, if you're born one or the other, that's the t that's the the gender that you stay with in sports. Period. It's it's unfair. Look at all these girls who are protesting, saying, "I fought so hard in high school to to compete. Now I'm in college and I'm competing against these former men. There's no way I'll be able to beat them. It's unfair, and that you're gonna yeah. they're gonna lose their motivation, and before you know it, it's all all gonna be transgender women. Yeah, and stay out of our bathrooms too. That's just oh. so sick. Let's not go there. I mean, this is, I have a yeah. daughter, so I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just so, I, I don't even recognize the world I'm living in. That's why I do what I do. You know, hoping somebody, I can wake up, you know, just one person that, you know, if we all try it, you know, uh, I think we're making leaps and bounds though. That's why they're, the uh, powers that be are panicking. It really feels, it really feels, Stephen, that we just woke up from a nightmare, and it's yeah. the nightmare is is really happening in reality. It's a you probably have seen movies that had bizarre subjects and, and and dealt with different things, and you think, you know, who came up with that script? But that is exactly the yeah. script that we're seeing now. I never in my lifetime would have expected that what was right before yeah. is wrong now. It's up, it's down, down is up, left is right, left. It's just so confusing. Our children, you know, the things that they're being taught in school, uh, it's, it's not education, it's indoctrination. They're confusing them. They're, they're teaching them how to masturbate at a very early age so they cannot have control over their own bodies because that's part of, you don't teach a child that. They'll learn that naturally on yes. their own. You don't need to have somebody with a book saying, by the way, you're four years old, I'm going to teach you this, this, this. Now, no. 
You let them learn yep. that naturally, eventually, and let them have to have some control, self-control. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were animals now. People forget we're animals first. You got to teach children, who are animals as well, how to control themselves. And they don't do that anymore. They go, oh, honey, I'm, mommy wants to be your friend. I'll take you to the, to the children's modeling center. You know, you can walk around dressed like a, a prostitute. That's what's going on. You know, it's, it's just, I, it blows my mind. You know, it's disgusting. It's depressing. It's the values. It's the breakup of the, of the nuclear family. And this has been happening yeah. since the 1960s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. There was always a law that came along. And by the way, the clip that I just posted on uh, Joe McAfee, what he's saying is so true. For every law that our uh, so-called elected officials pass uh, or write and, and then sign by the president, then we have 20 regulations brought forth by unelected officials. And those are the regulations that affect us all on a daily basis. It, you know, the, the masking, the social distancing, the, the closing of businesses. How many thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of regulations are there encroaching upon your rights and my rights every day, Stephen? Oh, I, I, I'm just thinking about OSHA when you mentioned that, because that's, that's who I had to deal with. When I got to uh, this part of California to help these restaurants and uh, OSHA, they didn't have any law in the books. Okay. So what they did was they used old law and then added, you know, uh, they're doing this uh, uh, completely unlawfully. I had to explain it to the state police and the OSHA agents that came to the restaurant. I said, this is ex post facto. You can't do this. What's ex post facto? I said, we already agreed on certain limitations. OSHA can come in on the restaurant and there's certain agreements. You just made the agreements ex completely extraneous and then attached a fine to them. That's illegal. That's ex post facto. You can't do that. Okay. In other words, after the fact, you're adding a bunch of stipulations nobody's agreed on and you're threatening us with fines. Well, I, I sent them running down the road with their warrant uh, in hand. So... If I can do it, you know, anybody can do it. It's just learning what they're doing unlawfully and like, uh, like speed limits. Okay. These are all commercial law. You know that it's all commercial law. Do, does it mean I think we don't need speed limits? No, I'm just saying stop, you know, killing people trying to enforce it, getting high speed chases and kill people and just total insanity. It's like Duke's a hazard on the highway, you know, and, uh, if somebody gets in a wreck, then they're a hundred percent responsible to go to jail instead of having insurance. By the I mean, way, as long as they're guilty, you know. I'm sorry. What is the difference between a license, a permit, and a privilege? For example, our highways. Who pays for that? We do with our tax money, right? Why do right. I need to get a license, a privilege, or a permit to drive on the roads that I support with my own money? Yeah, and that's the whole thing. You really don't, uh, but they brainwash us all that we do, but it's still written right in the law. I believe it's Title 31. I'll send them to you. That uh, an automobile uh, is not a motor vehicle. A, a motorcycle is not a motor vehicle. Uh, motor vehicles are, are purely commercial in nature, okay, and carry passengers or freight for money. That's still written in federal law. Okay, so they committed a massive fraud, statutory fraud, 
on us. So after 15 statues at large, chapter 249, I think that was 1944, you can see where they switched over to complete corporate law. And they just dumped all the federal code in, even though none of it was passed by legislative body, uh, one item at a time like it's supposed to be. So they cataloged the federal law of Title I through Title 51, but it, it was never passed into law. So it's just prima facie law. And that's how you get anything thrown out, because every town you live in in America, they're just using prima facie law. It looks like law. It's color of law, but it's not really law. That's why they need your consent when they pull you over. Do you mind rolling the window down for me a little more? Do you mind pulling over there for me? Do you mind if I ask you if, if you've been drinking? You know, they got to get your permission. And uh, that's why when you don't consent, you start winning. We win our country back before we lose it, you know. Uh, but... The sad part is, you know, I, I took my little buggy and went and got food today my, behind my bike, and 90% of the people in town are still wearing masks, you know, at least maybe not 90%, probably 75% still wearing masks. So what hope is there <laughs> if only 25% of us are bucking the system and, and most of those 25% really are too afraid to leave their house to instigate any kind of rebellion? <laughs> So I don't know. Uh, Did I lose you? No? No, no, no. I'm listening attentively to what you're saying, especially the the mask part, because, you know, I I just wonder. Masks gave meaning, and this is from somebody that sent this to me. Masks gave meaning to people with meaningless lives. People were led to think they were doing something virtuous by wearing a mask all day. Many don't want them Many don't want the scam to end because it makes people re-examine the sunk costs and entertain the possibility that it was all for nothing. In other words, they don't want their paradigms to be shattered. I know some people that are very reserved. They don't like to leave the house. And uh, they're very, you know, nothing wrong with that. But when this all came along, they were the first ones to say, no, you need to shut your business down. Okay, I did it for a week or two, a month, two months. And then after that, I said, you know, we can't do this anymore. And what is their answer? Well, but you're going to kill grandma. Well, I'm sorry, but grandma needs to stay at home. And if you want to take care of grandma, stay with grandma at home. But the productive population needs to be able to survive. Because those people who are supporting their families, and there are millions of them, millions of small business owners like me, who are in the same boat, we were willing to risk our lives to go out there and to put some food on the table. But the government is going to come and save us. And they're just giving everybody $300 a week, which is fine during the time when all businesses were closed. But once businesses opened or reopened, because the good old intense, intense government told us that we could, they kept sending those $300 a week, even till right now. And guess what happened? Yeah. A lot of people decided... You know what? I don't need to go anywhere. I need to stay home. And then we go apply for a job, get there, last a day or two. Guess what? I'm making more money without doing nothing. This is, to me, a test on socialism, communism, Stephen. I think this is what they want. They wanted to just test the, the UBI, the universal basic income. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny you mentioned that because uh, Social Security, I've been on disability since like 91. Uh, it's related to the military thing, but, uh, okay. 
they used to every year they'd send you a thing in the mail you know you fill this out make sure you're still disabled or you, you improved and they quit doing that years ago they don't even care <laughs> at all they, if you're on social security it i got a letter a couple of years ago so you're just going to get it from now on we're not going to be reviewing anymore for of cost and you know they, basically they're bankrupt they, they've got a few women running the thing from a cell phone or a, not a cell phone a little office you know and they're usually nice nice that's the sad thing mel is most of our government superstructure are nice people you know, uh, it, like the lady handing out the food stamp. She doesn't know any better. She's a nice person. She thinks she's doing a wonderful <laughs> thing for society. And uh, that that's the sad part of this whole uh, devolution, devolution. Uh, we were talking about climate change the other day. Well, we know we've raised the temperature a little bit. It, it, it's not That's not what's causing our screwed up temperatures and heat. That's manipulation. Uh, a, a tiny fraction of a degree humankind has raised the temperature that's that's provable with the urban heat island effect i mean just the city of chicago when i was a kid would be five to seven degrees warmer downtown than out in the suburbs you know and uh now times ten thousand cities right and how many thousands of small towns i mean you get the idea we have had a little effect but until they stop manipulating the weather with chemicals without our permission without anybody's permission they're hurting nature uh, I, I believe it's mostly uh, uh, I, I, Project Cloverleaf, Cloverleaf is the yep. official name. Yeah, but uh, but they're they're like last night. Uh, I was in my tent and the sun was just at the right angle, and it looked like it was raining polymer fibers, like little tiny, it looked like fiberglass. That's what it reminded me of. It was like raining this stuff. I thought, oh my god, you know. So I turned on my bright light in my tent to see if if it was getting in on me <laughs> and it wasn't, I mean, there was a little bit floating around in the air that, um, yeah. And then the other stuff there's, they're broadcasting is, is fly ash from the coal power plants. Yep. Uh, so they're putting that up in the air from the coal fired power plants. So they're, they're taking this nasty heavy metal filled <laughs> fly ash and broadcasting it on every living thing on earth. Uh, Let's take yeah, a break. We Let's take a break okay, because we man. have to break. We have to break uh, both segments, and I know we're gonna. We are getting deeper into the rabbit hole, and there are certain things that I sometimes. And some people say, "Oh, Mel, sometimes you do this thing where you, it's like a cliffhanger or bait and switch, and and you try to not say certain things during part one to to make people subscribe to your podcast." I swear oh, to you. I swear to you that I never do that with intent. I only do it for one reason, and it's because. I've given so much for part ones out there, and sometimes I say what I want to say, but that is what's yeah. cost me the censorship. And I yeah. try to do the right yeah. thing, put shows on YouTube. Guess what? We're demonetized from YouTube. We put it on Vimeo. Vimeo gave us 24 hours, and we had to remove 1,500 videos because I want to do the right thing. So yes, right now I'm measuring myself in what I say, in what's out there to the public. If you want to get deep into the rabbit hole, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to do it behind our platform. We own our own platform. I don't belong to a big outfit, nor do I ever want to. But this is why I'm telling you this. What he just said about climate change, this is what's coming. The pandemic is going to be over in certain ways because it's unraveling. Frouchy is fried. 
and we know it. We've been saying this since last year. Everything that's coming out now, I said it last year during the Corona Chronicles, and that's why I was censored. How come now those quote-unquote fact-checkers are now coming to me saying, Oh, Mr. Hustlerick, I'm sorry. We apologize for, for that. It was our mistake. We just didn't want to create this confusion during the in the midst of the pandemic. But go ahead and do it now. They would censor me again. But anyway, I am digressing here. Stephen, I want you to discuss more of your encounter. I didn't know that about you, that you've had a, a, a I don't want to say extraterrestrial, but a, a strange encounter with beings and a spaceship and so on. How can people learn more about your work, Stephen? Uh, well, I don't really, I don't have a web, I mean, all, all, all I've got is my music, opera and classical and guitar solos. That's what my life is really about. And then I do interviews. I really don't have a website other than my music uh, under Stephen John Miller or Maestro, Stephen John Miller, uh, guitar virtuoso uh, vocalist. Not to and, be confused. I mean, if you like post-classical, you know, I play post-classical guitar which would be like uh, I don't know how to describe myself <laughs> you know but, uh, like King Bay Melmstein mixed with uh, flamenco or something you know like Steve Stevens from Billy Idol he does that too yep yep yeah he's really good okay and do you have a website or how can people listen to your uh, music just, uh, soundcloud.com and then once you're there in the search box Steve and John Miller and and uh, you'll see a picture of my dog that, that passed away. And uh, sorry to hear that. My, it, it, not to be confused. Well, you know, not to yeah. be confused with Steve Miller band, right? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Well, folks, don't go anywhere. I have one more hour to discuss with Stephen Miller. Deep it, deep into the rabbit hole. And by the way, Stephen was kind enough to take over. Someone was supposed to be here with me today, and apparently. Something happened. Their telephone got disconnected. This guy was uh, not available. So I don't know what happened. Hopefully we'll be able to reschedule this person. I won't name the name today. But I am thankful for Stephen for taking over and uh, giving us two hours of his time. One more hour coming right after. This is Mel Hustlerick, and you are listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section, or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting, Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store, for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe, to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe. You want to know.